0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is you're listening. You're listening to today's Real Talk, North Carolina business, real estate, life. That's what we talk about here. I'm Justin Kazepis, your host, real estate attorney, real estate broker, real estate investor. Been investing now in real estate in about, ah, gosh, it's been going on 10 years. Been a broker for over 10 years, been an attorney since 2015 had my own law practice, transactional real estate firm based in Huntersville, serving, gosh, we got up to about nine counties before I exited my law firm and then decided to get back into broadcasting. Thus, you are listening to the show, Today's Real Talk. We appreciate you being here. Interest rates, certainly a topic of conversation. Have you heard about interest rates? Has it has it come up at all in any of the discussions, maybe when you've been out with friends Maybe uh, at the dinner table, maybe just on the news headlines you're hearing, right? In some way, shape, or form, it's very likely you have heard about the conversation of interest rates. And the question I've got, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are, 844-STUDIO-4, will interest rates ever go back down? Ever. Ever. I am just having a hard time visualizing interest rates anytime in the near future contracting. I'm not saying I'm not saying that they won't move marginally but enough to move the needle. So long as the Fed keeps raising the rate on on what it costs to borrow dollars, well it certainly won't go down. But when, even when they start adjusting numbers, and I'll tell you why, I, I don't know if the Fed will adjust their numbers. North Carolina, particularly if I look at the Charlotte-Lake Norman core area that we are in, there is still so much demand that exists that if the Fed was to even show a sign, a hinkling, a scintilla, of moving those interest rates down, I think the market skyrockets. I think it continues up. I think it, I think it's it straight, pew, straight missile to the top. That's what we're looking at if the Fed even shows a sign that they are willing to adjust interest rates down. Now, I'm not saying that, that that's gonna hold true for every single market. Remember, you've gotta understand location, location, location. It's the greatest principle in real estate that has ever existed. And it holds true today. Everyone wants to make a ton of money on real estate. That's what everybody wants to do. Look, don't don't shy away from it. We want to live in a great area. We want great amenities. We want great quality of life. We want great education. Sure. But real estate in the back of everyone's mind, unless you are nearing the age of expiration, we'll say, your mindset is focused on a potential tool for building wealth, which there is no issue with. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. It's okay to utilize the asset for building wealth. Many, 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 many people do it. Many people have been very successful, and quite quite a few have uh, changed the game. And, and the game as of right now I, I, debt service coverage ratio, so, so for those that, that have an investment loan uh, on, on any type of property, if you've got an investment property, basically how much money do you need to make from the property in order to cover the debt? That's a common uh, uh, figure that's utilized in the commercial lending space, most commonly when the market is at its absolute bottom. I remember pre-2008, the analogy that was used, my dad would tell me this. Lenders would stick a mirror in front of your, your face, and they'd tell you, okay, go ahead and breathe. <sighs> and if the mirror fogged up, you got a loan. That was the standard. Similar, it seems like, right? That didn't really go away. It did, but then it came back. I guess it did go away. Two thousand eight, nobody was giving loans. They weren't giving loans there. Two thousand nine, really here. Two thousand nine, two thousand ten, it really got hit hard. Two thousand ten till about early two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve, the market's climbing back up. So it's about two. They like call it a two-three year window here in North Carolina that we felt again. I, and I've said this before. I'm very grateful that North Carolina did not feel the effects of the 2008 financial crisis, like some markets did. We got hit, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of businesses that got hit. There was a lot of people, a lot of families, there's a lot of tragic situations, but relatively speaking to the country, I think North Carolina did pretty decent. If you look at some of the data. I remember seeing properties in Florida, like Beachfront, I was on like, you know, one of those terrible national apps like Zillow, looking at property. And it was like $50,000 for a beachfront, like nothing on it, just beautiful, on the water beachfront in Florida. And I'm a young kid at that point, point. 2008, I'm, I'm 18 years old. I'm looking at it like, man, somebody's about to make a bunch of money. Cause in my peanut sized brain, right? In 2008, when I'm 18 years old, I'm saying to myself, well, sure, it might be pretty bad right now, but this can't last forever, right? Like somebody's gotta come out of this making a bunch of money. I wish I remember like saved what parcel that was. If I could like look it up now to see beachfront in Florida for 50 grand in 2008, 2009 timeframe. Whoo! talk about retirement money. Now at this point, Florida's nuts. I still don't understand the insurance game in Florida, but again, debt service coverage ratio before I got all lost in the middle of the rest of this. That's where I was at utilizing debt service coverage ratio. Basically, how much money are you making on the property as an investment versus how much your loan costs each month to maintain? That's a lot of the game right now in the investment world. And the numbers, the risk profiles that some investors are willing to take right now, particularly on new construction. So here's the thing about all this development we're seeing right now. It costs so much money to get to certain phases of a project. You do realize developers, before they even put shovels in the dirt, the hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars that's being spent. We've got a caller on the line. Thanks for calling into today's Real Talk, the show where we talk about North Carolina real estate, business and life. How are we doing?
1: I'm Justin William here. How
0: are you doing? William, good to hear from you, sir. Doing well. How are you? Pretty good. 2008, I got in bed with the bank. Yes, sir. Six
1: and a half percent on a 30-year note, but my credit score was in the eights, Ooh. 800s. Um, stayed with it. Refined in 15, got it down to a three and a half percent interest rate on a 15-year note. There it is. Um, Are we going to see those times again and those kind of figures? Uh, not with the administration that's in play now. No, absolutely not.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's hard but, for me to see in, in the current administration, right? And in, in next year, 2024 is a big year for a lot of policy decisions, right? I think everyone's kind of on pause. Yeah. And it's what they predicted, right? I, I don't know if you recall, William, on election night, I believe it was in 2022 last year, when the election results were what they were, and and the Republicans didn't sweep through, right, the federal government the way that a lot of people hopeful or thought or whatever were, right? And that didn't happen, the, the common rhetoric was, OK, well, I just don't think we're going to see a lot of new legislation come forward, which in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, William, it seems like that's played out over the past year, year and a half.
1: It has. It has to a point, you know, but there's other issues going on other than the realties and real estate. I mean, that does play a key factor in elections, um, especially on the local end of it. But, um, yeah, I just don't see it happening anytime soon. And another thing, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to all the families that were affected by 9-11, the firefighters, police departments, um, everybody that was affected. Well, we, we were, too. Justin and myself, we were affected, too. It was Americans that were affected that day. And I just wanted to give a shout out to that, as well. thinking about them as we remember today, 22 years, hard to believe.
0: 22 22 years years this week and, and, and to the day. And it's, it's absolutely mind boggling, right? That we're now at a point when this is what, this is what we were thinking about earlier was there's kids now in a generation out there that doesn't even know when, when we reference it, what, what they're talking. And I was fairly young. I'll be honest with you. I was, I was young. I was in sixth grade when it happened but I'll never forget where I was. I certainly won't forget where I was, but there's a generation out there right now that won't even understand the concept because they didn't have to live through it. But you talk about a moment when time stopped. I I would put that as one of the the few in my life.
1: Unity was the the thing that I noticed the most about it, and we're not there. We've lost that. We've lost sight of that now. It's very unfortunate, but It was uh, unified. We were unified right after that happened for a good long while. But we've kind of diverted away from that. And I wish we could get back to that. But you and your wife, you and your bride, teach your kids about what happened that day. If you're not already doing it, I'd recommend you doing it. Teach those kids. Let them know what happened. Um, They need to know. It's a part of our history. It's It's a dark part of our history, but they need to know it.
0: That's right, William. Well, I appreciate the kind words, sir. I appreciate your time. How's everything else going for you?
1: Good, good. Hanging in there, one foot in front of the other, and blessed.
0: That's right, brother. Well, we appreciate you, and uh, thanks for being a loyal listener. We always do appreciate talking to you. All. Call in anytime you want, William. You know that, right?
1: Yep. Okay. Yep. You bet. All right. Take we'll talk care. To you soon. All right. Appreciate it. Bye bye.
0: All right, William. William hitting us, remembering us with the somber truth of of the day, of remembering that even through all the development through all of the things happening throughout the world, um, that life is short and that we need to be cognizant of that. And what we really want to be able to do is live a life where our families can succeed, our families can thrive, our, our community can. Really, the idea here is that the people who live in these communities can prosper. And we want that and we welcome people, but we, we also want a commonality of, of goals and rules and everything else that comes with it. You're listening to today's real talk, the show that focuses on North Carolina real estate, business, and life. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, 844-STUDIO-4, you're always welcome to, we appreciate that call from William. Again, reminding, reminding us of the truth uh, of 9-11 and, and what that day did and how it shifted and shaped our, our country and our world. And I do believe that we are currently in a shift, though not based on necessarily of tragedy, but one of opportunity right now. There is a generational shift occurring and there's a shift in the country occurring where North Carolina has become extremely popular. Not that it wasn't before. I think people liked living in North Carolina. People were like, oh, I've been to North Carolina before. It's a cool place. But we're at a point that people are energized at the idea of calling North Carolina home. And, And so if that's going to take place, interest rates, right, we talked about pretty significantly thus far. But from the investment perspective, because the rates have gotten so high to a point, right? So if I when I check in with, with my friends who are still in the um in the you know kind of kind of space of closing deals and everything like that, we're we're looking at about the mid sevens right now. Average rate at the table, we're looking at about the mid-sevens for someone who is purchasing a property. There's a lot of variables in there. How much percentage are you putting down on the property? What's your credit score? What's your debt-to-income ratio, right? So so that's the prevailing rate if you are buying a primary residence. It's about the mid-sevens right now. That's expensive compared to what it's been. I mean, my gosh, Demi and I, the first house that we bought was a townhouse in Cornelius. Paid, I think it was $118,250 for it with 3.25% FHA loan. That's the price everybody wishes it was right now, right? Like, like you hear that price, you're going and getting a loan tomorrow, and, and you getting it. You, you're settling in some roots tomorrow in your new home. You can't do that now, though. The market ain't like that now. I don't like hindsight. I'm not a fan of hindsight. It makes me mad. Sometimes it makes me excited if you made the right play, but when you made, when you, when you didn't get like that one, that hit, it's just not fun to play that game. But so for the investors, right? So, so if if people, if the rates are so high that now, okay, we've got to look to investors to carry the new inventory of the marketplace, which is, which is a, a real effect. Well, then the question becomes about, okay, for an investor to be able to purchase a rental property, it's a couple of different loan aspects, but you're bigger players. You're ones who you know have relationships with giant debt funds, private investing groups of very wealthy people who have made a bunch of money on real estate and realize they can continue to make money in real estate in any marketplace. Debt service coverage ratio is one of the most common forms of lending that, that takes place at that level. And again, debt service coverage ratio just relates to the amount of income you can make from rents on a property versus your cost of maintaining the debt paying the debt and all your other expenses and all that good stuff each month. And so for the investor right now, looking at a debt service coverage ratio, it comes down to rents and rents are continuing to rise. They're, They're not stopping. There's some rhetoric out there that says, well, rents are peaking, rents are peaking rents are still going up. Each year. Wait till you get that lease renewal. Just just wait. When you get that lease renewal, I, I, and look, here's the thing. You could laugh. Uh, it only went up 50 bucks. It went up. It only went up 100 bucks. It went up. You take 50 100 bucks and you times that by how many units you want to guess? Call it 200 in a building. Call it 200 in a building. Let me give you the playbook here. You, if you can pencil out on paper, if you're own, if you a parcel owner and you got this prime, call it 7 to 10-acre parcel, and you think you can get on the density based on the UDO, call your planning department and get 250 units on your property, you're about to strike gold. I'm about to tell you, to, to tell you how to sell it off right now. If you need a broker in the deal, call me because <laughs> it's going to go like hotcakes right now. You get 250 units in a complex, that's that prime sweet spot that they're looking for. And so again, you take $100, $50 a unit, you times that times 250. Well, let's take a megalodon that owns 200 complexes in the country. Christmas looking real nice in October. Real nice. So just think about it, right? As the market continues to rise, even in incremental stages, and it's all relative to, to, to percentage. Because the general rule previously a normal market. I remember the normal market days. If you can get like if you are hitting 7% growth on on projected market value of your property on an annualized basis. So if if the price in theory goes up 7% each year, you felt pretty good. 7% return on an asset that you're living in, and I know I know for all my financial folks, your primary residence is not an asset, it's a liability. I get it. Look, let the people who own one home and alone own one home their entire life the game. Let them play. But as it goes up 7% per year, you're feeling pretty good. So you got a lot of cranky people right now because for the past three years, 20% growth. In some cases, you're seeing 20% growth like quarter over quarter. There are some properties that literally tripled, quadrupled in value, not with an entitlement scheme on it, not with anything like that. Just raw dirt, Soul built, stick built property, time passed, value go up. That happened. It happened in many markets, many times. So again, for the investor to carry the market right now, is, that's a big that's a big load. It's not light, and it makes you wonder how long can it go on for. I've said this before. I'll I'll put it in the most simplistic way possible. Here's the economy. Here is the entire economy in the most simplistic form it can possibly be: wages and spending. That's it. How much are we making? How much are we spending? doesn't do the economy really, really well if it's just sitting in a savings account. It doesn't. It's just sitting there. The bank's making some money. They're making a little bit of coin. There's some regulatory things. They got to keep some in there. But the economy, the, you're, I'm talking about your mom and pop shops, your small business, which is a significant percentage of the economy, like, like a majority, a, a super majority of the economy is small business. It's not these big megalodons like Coca-Cola and Lowe's and all those good. Like, they're a portion, but they're not. They're not what move the economy. I'm talking about you go down the street and you got that falafel bodega that you love so much. That's who's running the economy right there. You know that little Thai spot that you've been dreaming about for the past couple of weeks wait, trying to get back to? That's who's running the economy. That's the business we need to figure out and how to maintain and support through all this. I told a story earlier uh, earlier this morning um, with some friends. I went to Chipotle over the weekend in my local area. And there was a sign on the door when I went to Chipotle online orders only significantly understaffed my mind was blown i say like, what chipotle can't can't even can't even walk up in there and get a burrito there is so much demand and not enough labor and look this one this one no no broken down looking chipotle this was in this was in burkdale this is, the, this is the Chipotle in Burkdale, which I don't know if y'all been up to Burkdale recently, so all, all my South Charlotte folks, what y'all need to do is you need to drive up to Huntersville and check out Burkdale. South Park, we coming for you. We coming for you, South Park. But Chipotle had the sign on the door. Online orders only, significantly understaffed. And I don't have the answer on wages. I don't, I don't have the answer on it. Do I think I get asked the question, do I think the federal government should should hike, you know, minimum wage to fifteen dollars? It's it's no different. I think the output mathematically, economically is the same thing we're seeing from from all the dollars that got distributed um, during the you know American Relief, you know, CARES Act money. All the all the money through the the pandemic that got put out there for free. Everyone had the same dollar amount. So price go up. Because when everyone, everyone has the same equal terms of paying for something, well, someone's willing to say, well, it's more important to me, so I'll pay more. Well, it's important to me, I'll pay more. It's important to me, it's important to me. And that stacks up. So if everyone's making $15 an hour, we'll make that number up magically. If everyone's on the same baseline, well, then it becomes a question of priority. So we end up in the same spot, no matter what the, the self-determined you know, minimum wage is mathematically it's always going to turn out the same it's not the first time that this question has been posed it's not the last time it'll be posed so again wages and spending and so for investors to carry all all of the inventory what as consumers can we do because look i'm not i i might be involved in real estate in some way shape or form but i'm not you know not some big player I'm Joe, I'm Joe nobody. But there's a lot of big players out there that are doing a lot of big deals. And so for 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 us normal, everyday folk may dabble in something. What do we do? Will the price ever go down again? I get that one a lot. Justin, do you think prices are going to go down? I, I just don't see them going down right now. I don't. And I don't think they need to go astronomically higher. I mean, again, someone so, if they don't go higher, someone's left holding the back. I don't know who it is. Somebody's left holding it. So I don't I don't I'm not doing myself any favors by saying that I think it, it it's gonna go down or up either way, it don't matter to me. Uh, but I think we have to prepare for a longer game here than what anybody anticipates. You gonna give up that three point two five percent interest rate, going to seven and a half real quick tomorrow? I don't think so. I don't think many people will. I think we're gonna see a change in the amount of time people are willing to hold property. The game just went long. Hold on tight. Today's Real Talk, we're coming back 844 Studio 4. If you wanna be part of the conversation, you always can jump in. Don't be scared, water's fine. Today's Real Talk, the show where we talk about all things North Carolina real estate, business, and life. I'm your host, Justin Kazepis, North Carolina attorney, broker, investor, general jokester. You never know when a quick wit will just come through sometimes and shine. You want to be part of the conversation, 844-STUDIO-4. All right, so some market data. Because here's the part that, that gets everybody wondering, Justin, are you crazy? There's no way that price can only go up. It's just not possible. It's downright disingenuous and irresponsible to claim such a thing. But I, I look, the data is is, is here. So January twenty twenty one. The average price January twenty twenty one four hundred and fifty thousand mecklenburg county this is mecklenburg county data wsicnews.com the most local data you will find in real estate don't go to zillow don't go to realtor.com I, I don't i don't even want to spend the time just know take is it the red pill or the blue pill that they're supposed to take i always forget the which one it is let's say take the red pill i don't know i'll take the red pill red pill you i think that's it because of red pill you. yeah yeah take the red pill okay so four hundred and fifty thousand in january of 2021 the average price of an active residential listing in Mecklenburg County right now, six hundred eighty eight thousand dollars. Six hundred eighty. Okay. Six hundred eighty eight thousand dollars. That's not a little price. Let's see, let's see if Scott's got something to say about it. We've got Scott online one on the phone. Scott, how are we doing? Doing well, Justin. How are you? Oh, Scott. Doing well, sir. How are you? What's happening, brother?
2: Yes, sir. I'm doing well. Hey, I've been listening to the show, and I'm I'm on the road riding, and um, I'm a I'm a lot older than you, okay? Sure.
0: Not by much. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to say that you're so quickly, too. Maybe I shouldn't have said that so quickly, Scott. No, no, no you're not that much older than me, Scott. <laughs> no, I'm sorry.
2: Uh, hey, hey, that's okay. You know what? I I've lived it. I love it. Okay. Couple of things. I know you're talking real estate. First, uh, in my lifetime, I don't think I've ever seen car prices, new car prices go down. There might be a year where they don't have an increase, maybe two years where it's a really, really low increase, but I've never seen them go down. So I don't think car prices ever drop. Real estate. My belief is the only way real estate's going to drop in a huge matter is if we have some catastrophic events or some really bad really bad thing that happens in the economy but I do believe as soon as it's over or we start coming out prices will go back pretty much to where they are now or more
0: I, I I agree with you because i I have a hard time seeing it go down short of a major you know global national where everyone's down right like every industry's down Absolutely. and real estate at, you know ancillary gets attacked yeah I, I don't disagree with that
2: If if you believe again, I'm not doubting what they say, but there's a shortage of homes. My daughter is uh, looking to buy a home. Uh, She's been looking for a while. Now that interest rates are up at seven and a half. My comment to her was, honey, you're going to see how home prices drop a little bit. So, and then what you're going to see, and if you happen to see interest rates start to drop, you better buy because once they drop down to some reasonable letter level, there's going to be bidding wars again, which will just push them up even higher.
0: You mind me asking, Scott, what's kind of the price point she's been looking at? If, if I can ask you that question, if it's not too personal.
2: Sure. Um, you know, she's, she's we're trying to keep, we're, okay, when I say this, you're going to laugh. We're trying to keep her in that $250,000 range.
1: Um,
2: she is she is not married. And my thought was, boy, for her being single, that's a pretty big nut. Uh, but you know, but I got to tell you, staying under that number is really difficult if you want a decent home.
0: Yeah, you got to compromise a lot to be to 250. I'm not laughing at that number. I I think, like in my mind, pre-pandemic, 250 was like that first starter home price, typically for you know a, a young yep. couple. So for a single yep. woman out there, yep. she must be making some some good coin to be able to go for 250, which is great. Any single person who can hit 250 is doing well. Uh, but now I'm with you. I think I think the starting price for most people, at least in our area, right, if you think about around Lake Norman, even out to Gaston County, beyond Cabarrus County a bit, right. particularly, right. definitely through Mecklenburg County, if you're not at least three north of 350, it's really hard to see something extremely decent unless you're willing to take a little bit more of a risk and and bet on the future of the market in a particular underdeveloped area. Do you think I'm off base on that?
2: No, no, you're right on. The the luxury my daughter has, she's in a small in a, in a small town. So it's that that 350 in Huntersville, Cornelius, Davidson, in a small town is is less. It's not a lot less, but it's less.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with you. Well, I hope the best of yep. luck for her, Scott. I hope, she, I hope she gets the best property. Patience, right? Like, that's really hard. But to your point, hey, interest rates right. go down. The prices are going to skyrocket, so everybody just jump on the ship or get left behind, I guess. I don't even know anymore.
2: Right. It's back back in 2008, and when the, when the, when the, when the bubble busted and back in 2008, um, you know, yeah, prices dropped like crazy. I had a friend of mine who bought a couple of, of, of condos at Myrtle Beach, um, North Myrtle. And, you know, he's, he, he retired last year and his comment was, you know, I can sell these two and never retire. I mean, never work again. Sorry.
0: I don't blame. Him. I would have no. done that. I probably no, would have thought about doing that, but then we'd be in a different conversation right now. Scott, things could get a little weird that at that point, if absolutely, I
2: would have done that. <laughs> absolutely. So Jason, thank you for taking the call.
0: No problem, Scott. We appreciate you, sir. Have a great day.
1: Yes, sir. You too. Take care. All right.
0: All right, so Scott coming through talking about his daughter looking for a starter home, can't find something really that great yet in the 250 range. Right? I've talked about that before. 250 in my opinion was the perfect starter home price for the young couple back in the day. Now after COVID, after the pandemic, after the great financial rise, that no longer is the case. I don't even look. And I say 350, I say that almost reluctantly. I don't think 350 hits the mark the same way even anymore. Look, I told you the average price right now for Mecklenburg County is $688,000. That's a lot of territories. Mecklenburg County, county. That's not one little city. That is the entire county looking for it. And that and again, that's one. Look, look, so let's talk about Iredell for a second here. Let's look and see. Our, if I go to wsicnews.com, right on the home page, we've just got the market reports right there available for you. You just click the market report. You can see. Look, it's the most local data you can find. It's better than Zillow. It's better than Realtor. It's better than all the garbage. 587,000 for Iredell County. Five hundred eight, Half a mil. Half a bill. That's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take. If you want to go ahead and get a property, active listing, the average price in Iredell County. And here's the other unique stat. And this is one where, where over time it makes you wonder. And this this is really how the market shifts. It's about supply. Supply and demand, right? That basic principle. So active right now, residential properties in Iredell County, just under 1,200 units. 1,200 units. So is the demand there? I, it is 1,200 units. Look. Okay. I, just on gut feeling, I could say that's not enough units active on the active marketplace right now. Look at the demand; the numbers are reflecting. Price ain't going down. It's not going to stop with only twelve hundred units. But we don't want we don't want more residential development. We don't want it. Don't bring it in here. Get in the castle. Close the door. That's the mantra: get in the castle and close the door. In Mecklenburg County, just under four thousand units. You may say, "Wow, that's a lot of units." It's a top twenty marketplace in the country. It's a top twenty marketplace in the country, and you got just under four thousand active units. Ah, it's it's again the demand. As short of something happened nationally, worldwide, it's hard to see price go down. We got we got a call from Rick. Uh, he's listening. He wanted us to see if we could help explain the difference between a realtor broker, and investor. All right, Rick, I can break that down for you, brother. I got no problem helping you see through the noise, Rick. That's what I'm going to help you do here. So North Carolina is had made the decision years ago that there would be one license. If you, if you want to buy and sell real estate on behalf of a third party and collect a commission for it, the particular license you've got to get is called a broker license. So... Everyone who buys and sells real estates on behalf of third parties that receive commissions in North Carolina is a broker. What you get into is this concept of agency, representation, access to data, and the Realtor Association. So the Realtor Association, what they do is they will... Give you, sorry, they will subject you to more ethics. You have to do more ethical things. You have to be part of more ethical situations. You have to submit yourself to more rules in order to get the data. And the data is what everybody wants. The data is the part of the game that everybody cares about. Because without the data, without being able to tout, hey... Here is all of what the market's doing. You know how much the percentage of people that start searching online now? Let me tell you a quick story. The MLS, the Multiple Listing Service, that's the unified service where brokers, realtors, will put the data into a singular database. The local Realtor Association is called the Canopy Realtor Association. And so you've got to submit yourself to this ethical additions, processes, pay more fees, of course, in order to gain access to the MLS. They're actually technically two separate entities. The the Realtor Association is the parent entity to the MLS. Again, different conversation. I'm kind of going down a different road right now. But ultimately, you want the data. And that's what Realtors offer is the data. So I'm a Realtor. I'm a member of Canopy Realtor Association. I have submitted my firm, which I have named WSIC, submitted it toward being subject to the Realtor Association. So that's why you can go to wsicnews.com and you can search for the accurate local data is because we are members of the Realtor Association. My firm is a member of the Realtor Association. And then there's the investors. And I'll probably hit on the investors uh, a couple of times here because there's a couple of different ways to go about it. So then you've got the investors who ultimately i think now are are one of the larger percentages of the marketplace right cuz if you think about primary residence and home ownership the trends are showing some of the data is showing that the percentage of people who own compared to rent is, is beginning to not be an equal balance that that if you, more people are renting than own and that's going to vary in market to market i mean you go to the middle of montana Where there's, you know, 50 acre properties is the smallest parcel you can buy. Would I, if I had to shoot, you know, shoot a dart in the dark and I had to guess probably a lot of primary residence ownership going on there. Not a lot of people with like 15 farms, you know, I don't think that's a common thing. Unless you're Bill Gates or Warren Buffett, they own a few. Isn't it the uh, Cowboys coach who just like owns all of Montana? Isn't that right? Or the, uh, excuse me, the Falcons coach, Arthur Blake. Blank. Sorry, I do have a producer in my ear. bill. The producer in my ear, by the way, just so everybody's aware. I, I just, I, it's really fun making up data as much as I can, but um, it really is nice having a top-notch team. And so, when you think about the realtor, again, they subject themselves to the ethical situation. Today's real talk, Justin Casepas. <laughs> that's what you're listening to right now, where we focus on North Carolina real estate, business, and life. And Rick asked us the question: What's a broker? What's a realtor? And what's an investor? And so for the realtor, they're subject to additional ethical requirements, and they get access to the MLS. They get access to that data. It's how you can view properties online on different agents' websites. And then you got the investor. So there's investors that can be brokers, non-brokers, could be realtors, could be brokers and not realtors. You really have the, the gambit. So I myself am a realtor. I am a member of the Canopy Realtor Association, which is the local Realtor Association here throughout the Charlotte, Lake Norman, and beyond. They do go beyond. service quite a large geographic territory. And within the Realtor Association, a subsidiary entity that's part of it is the MLS, the Multiple Listing Service. The MLS is the data portion of Realtors. Realtor is the ultimate parent organization that's the moral high ground for everybody and ethical and all that other stuff. There's also a nonprofit arm of our local association, which is doing a lot of great work locally in the community canopy housing foundation. I would encourage you to check them out and see kind of the stuff they're doing. And do you think it aligns? Give them some feedback. They're open to feedback. Is it align with the local community right now and the needs? Check them out. Canopy housing foundation, part of the canopy realtor association. And so to answer Rick's question, ultimately They could be all the same. You could have one person who is a broker, realtor, and investor. I am an example of that. I'm a broker with the state of North Carolina. I'm a realtor. And I invest in real estate. So there you go. Could be three different people. Could be one person. Could be two people. Now the roles are just different. What does the person consider themselves? Do I consider myself a realtor? I uh, have to. (laughs) If I want access to the data, I got to. I have to. I am a Realtor. I am designated as a Realtor because I am a member of the Realtor Association at the national, state, and local level. You can't join just one and not all three. You got to join all three. It's three times the dues, three times the fun. You know how that works, Rick. And so that's what, you, that's what you find yourself in is this system that Rick is bringing up. And there's two parts of the system. There's the representation portion of the system, like Rick asked about, a Realtor. But then there's also the financial side of the system. And so back to the dollars and cents portion of it. There is the question, okay, can you be a re- re- investor and not be a realtor? Sure. Yeah. There's a that's a huge thing in North Carolina right now. You're probably have you ever gotten the letter in the mail if you if you own property, you get a letter in the mail. Dear current homeowner. I am an avid investor in the community. And I am part of a large network of people who see the tremendous value in your property. Are you looking for some cash right now? We can give it to you. We will give you top market for your home and close in as little as 10 days. All you got to do, sign that form that's in this letter and return it in that prepaid envelope. And you can consider the deal done. And by the way, don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> That's the kind of letters you're getting right now. If you own property, you're getting those letters from investors. They're a sham. Don't do it. Don't, don't you dare sign one of those letters in the mail. Don't you ever sign a blind contract to sell your real estate. If you do that, I will have a very hard time calling you a friend moving forward. Do not do that. Do not let somebody play you like that. Do not sign a blind letter. And, and people are doing it. In North Carolina, there are people that are signing them, and then they're getting under contract on a property with an indefinite date. There's so many things, legalities, as it relates to contracts. Don't do it, even even if you're desperate for the cash. There's someone that will buy your property. Look, any, any house can sell. My dad taught me this usually. Any house can sell. There's two factors. There's only two factors to sell a house. Price and condition. That's it. And one is relevant to the other. If the condition's bad, just change the price. Somebody will buy your house. How do you think the Mark Spains of the world can offer you guaranteed offer? Because there's a value to every single property. It's a commodity. Everybody wants it. What someone's willing to pay for it and what the actual quote-unquote market rate is, that's the only gray area. Yes, 10 different appraisers, you're going to get 10 different opinions on a property. It's just the way it works. 844-STUDIO-4, if you want to be part of the conversation. Today's Real Talk, you're listening to it. The show that airs weekly to talk about real estate. Things going on, things that are happening. We've been talking about interest rates a lot. 7.5% prevailing rate right now at the table. My gosh. When I got into real estate in 2012, I didn't, I didn't really know what to do. Even though I grew up in real estate, right I just remember like, man, 2008 was tough. It was just not fun. It just wasn't a fun... Dad doesn't seem like he's having a good time at his job right now. Just not liking it very much. It's tough. And then as we continue on now, I I think we see 10%. I do. I think we see 10% interest rates. Call me crazy. I think mortgage rates, we will see 10%. The demand is too high. The Fed is not bringing their rates down. They're not. You go out right now, everybody's out shopping, spending money. Supposedly right now, this is the biggest concern. The credit cards. The credit cards are the concern right now. Credit. Buying on credit is the concern right now. If you're buying on everything on credit right now, let's look at the plan. Get with somebody. Let's talk about it. Let's not not go have a beer on credit. Let's not do that. Let's just sit in a free park somewhere and not spend money and talk about it. Let's go about that way. Get some exercise. Maybe that's better. We'll walk outside. It's free. Well, your tax dollars paid for it. Again, you've already paid for it, but they're going to tax you again next. Never mind double taxation. I've gone too far. If you don't buy now, will you ever buy? Ah. Yeah, I think you will. I think you will. Here's the question though. Quality of life is what matters, right? That's what we all care about, quality of life. How far it, it's it's to get to a property, to get to work, to live and do the things culturally where you're going to do. I I think, though, what we've got to figure out locally in our individual markets is transportation. I'm not saying it from a don't let projects through. Look, you're not going to meet somebody who believes in the rights of a property owner more than me. I'm sorry. I'm just not your guy. If you're looking for somebody to say that it will help slow things down, change the pace. I'm not your guy. I'm not your guy. I believe in individual property rights. I'm big on, don't get me started on New Mexico right now. Okay, please. It's too late in the day. We're trying to have a good time right now. Don't get me started on California right now. It's too good of a time right now. But what we need to do is do what's best for North Carolina. That's what we need to do. And what we need to focus on here is what actually matters. We're going to have continued growth. Really good positive of our country. You don't have to seek permission to move from one state to another unless you're on parole. Different conversation. But if you want to move to North Carolina, you're allowed to move to North Carolina. Nowhere, nowhere are they going to say you cannot come here to this state. And so people are going to come here. And so if that's going to continue to happen, what do we do? Well, Justin, I think we should stop everything. We should stop it all. No, I don't think that's the answer. You know why? My tax bill went up this year. You know what? It's going to keep going up because cost of servicing properties is very expensive for municipalities. It ain't getting cheaper. It ain't getting cheaper. It's going to cost more each year. You know, inflation, you heard of inflation? Did we talk about inflation at all today? Talked about interest rates. I I don't think I've really talked about inflation. Costs go up, right? Like price go up, costs go up. And so the cost has gone up on things. Personnel in particular talked about, we did talk about wages. And if the cost has gone up on all these things, that means it costs more for the municipalities to service properties. So each year when they're analyzing their bill, their budgets, which the fiscal cycle for municipalities in the state of North Carolina runs July 1st through June 30th. So July 1st, there was a new budget put in place for the local municipalities. State of North Carolina is a different conversation. And the rates had to be determined. There's a whole concept about revenue neutral, right? It's a concept federally, which is going on state, local. Basically, Is the budget balanced? Is how much they're projected to spend equal to their revenues? When you've got the value set by the county, you use the rate then to determine the spending, the in and out wages and spending of the local municipality. And the rate is then what determines between the two. And I saw an increased rate. It's not a revenue neutral budget this year. The value also went up from the county. My property tax bill basically doubled this year. Doubled. But Justin, they doubled this year, it won't double next year. It won't double next year. It better not double next year. But here's the thing. Remember the rent conversation? $50, $100 up. How many units are there in Mecklenburg County? Go up $50 or $100 per unit in Mecklenburg County. Couple bill? Couple billions. Somewhere in that range, probably worth of spending from your local elected officials. So let's surmise the whole day here. Elections matter. Who you put in office matters because they spending your money. You working, right? You the one working. You out there grinding. You on the streets right now. Don't let them do you like that. You've been listening to today's Real Talk. Justin Gazepas. Appreciate Bill, the producer on the sticks. North Carolina real estate, business, and life. That's what we focus on here. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week.